Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good morning. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was told I was going to be invited to speak to a group of excited, passionate teenagers who are here to have fun and to grow in their faith together. But my good morning, I just got back, sounds like tired people at a retirement home. We're going to try this again. Ready? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, that was good. Let's do another one. Good morning. Good morning. I am excited to be with you again this morning. Anybody remember we discussed last night? We learned how to make what? And what else? Yes, and we learned that John the Baptist baptizing people would recognize who Jesus was because the Holy Spirit would come upon him and what? Man, y'all made my morning. Y'all made my morning. Anybody remember the theme for this weekend? Don't look behind you. Let me go again. Uh, Beautiful Ashes is the theme this weekend. And we read the verses from Isaiah 61 last night where it started in verse 1 with saying, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. And I want to read some more verses from Isaiah 61 again. It talks about the Spirit of the Lord being on Jesus. And then it says, He sent me to proclaim, uh, He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoner to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he says, uh, to proclaim the years of favor in the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. So Jesus, the Holy Spirit stuck on Jesus to go to these places to bring good news to people in hard places. I want to tell you, when I was your age, and this might not be the case for most of you, when I was your age, teenager, I had my first girlfriend, okay? Now, what you might not know is that uh, when I was a young boy, there was two things, a lot about me, but two things I want to let you know is I was very shy. I did not speak a word in school until the third grade. And even then, I only whispered it, and my whole class started celebrating because I spoke in school. I was very, very shy. And I was very insecure. So what that all means is I did not do well with connecting with people, especially connecting with girls. So my first girlfriend, I actually to this day have still never seen her. I know. My sister mentored her. And I was like, this girl sounds amazing. And so over the phone, back in the day, there was something called a phone (laughs) that did not have a computer inside of it. It was just a phone. And then it had a cord. Can you believe this? that went from the phone into something called a wall, right? And so you can can talk with people. Y'all might not know this, but back then, too, if if your sibling was talking to somebody, you could pick up the phone in the other room and quietly... Your leaders, y'all didn't do that, right? You never did that, right? (laughs) Listen to your sibling talking to them. But anyway, we had a phone, and so my sister had this young lady she was mentoring. And I used to think that life and relationships are all about... I have a mom, a single mom who raised me, and I had two older sisters. So I thought in life, all you, they needed was a good guy. Girls were perfect. They just needed a good guy. And guess who was a good guy? This guy, right? 
So she, I'm like, you know what? She just needs a good guy, and I'm a good guy, and I'm going to ask her out over the phone because I'm too shy to do it in person. So I ask her out over the phone, and guess what she says? Yes. Obviously, she says yes. Right? So I'm like, let me tell her how good I am. So I went into the room, and I grabbed something else you might not know of, a relic called a tape player, okay, a boom box. And it had two big speakers on the side. And you had something called a tape. It has two little circles in it. And you would put it into a tape player, and you would press play. Now, what y'all don't understand, y'all going to miss this, is that you can never just go to a song. You know, now you can pick whatever song you want. On a tape player, you had to remember what side it was on, A or B. And they had to fast forward or rewind until you found it. So sometimes you go too far, and that's not the beginning, and you rewind, oh, I went too far back. And, they, and you go back and forth until you got exactly to your point. So I did that, and I pressed play, and I took this phone from the wall, and I put it next to the speaker, and I let this song play to let her know how good of a boyfriend I was. The song was, y'all might not know this, leaders. I don't know much, but I know I love you. Anybody hear a song? That may be. All I need to know. So I let them sing it. I let it play. I let it blast. About a four-minute song. After it plays, I pick up the phone, and she breaks up with me. Five-minute relationship. I have no idea. I think it was too soon. I think it was a little bit too soon to jump in that way. It was one of my first moments realizing that life isn't so simple where everything is perfect, only thing that needs to be fixed is me, and once I'm perfect, then I can be loved. Because I went to her and I played Lionel Richie. How can that's a win? And she broke up with me. So then I realized, okay, relationships are a little bit more complicated than that. Now, the reason I share that story with you is that sometimes in our faith, and this was the case for me when I was your age, we believe that Jesus Christ only comes to us, only loves us, only draws near to us when we have it all put together. And I want you to hear in these scriptures that we read this morning, Jesus says to himself, he says in the, uh, when he reads these verses in the New Testament, the Spirit of the Lord is on me and he has sent me. To who? If you read these verses, this is who he sent us to. To the captive? To the person who is imprisoned? It says it sends it to the person who uh, is mourning? To the person who's grieving? to the person who was brokenhearted. And I wish I would have understood that more when I was younger, when I was your age, because I spent so much of my life trying to make myself perfect, trying to make myself acceptable that Jesus would come to me. But then when I look at this list, I think to myself, man, that's me. So when I was a teenager, I used to believe if I got myself together, then any girl would love me because all they needed was a good man, which isn't true. Girls are messed up too, in case guys, you don't know that. And I used to believe that if I fixed my life together, then Jesus would love me more. But if I believe that, then that means that once I do good, then what should happen to me too? Only good things. If I then become a good person, and if God loves me, then he will allow good things to happen. And I, at a young age, did everything in my energy to be a good Christian young boy. And I was a leader in everything. Youth group, I don't know if you guys have acolytes. I was in the choir. I did everything. I was discipled and started preaching at 16 years old. I did everything right. And my life was a mess. I went home to a community in South Baltimore that had poverty and violence. I went to a house that I did not, my dad wasn't there. I went into a house that had poverty and hunger was there. And I remember at night crying, reading through the book of Psalms and saying to myself, Lord, if you're good, then why do you allow bad things that happen to good people? Have you ever asked yourself that question before? My whole equation 
of what it meant to be loved by Christ was getting messed up because I was doing all the good things. But life was still hard. I wish I had understood that Christ was not sent to us because we were perfect. He was sent to us because we were broken. That the Spirit stuck on Jesus so that he can go to us in our dark places. That he could go to the brokenhearted. That he could go to the one who feels captive to some things in their lives. That he could go to the one that's sad and who is grieving and is mourning. I wish I would have understood that because then I would have known that Jesus is coming to meet me exactly where I am. But he doesn't meet us there just to leave us there. Jesus meets us where we are, exactly where we are. But he doesn't want to leave us there. He wants to take us to be being and experiencing who he wants us to be. A few weeks ago, I spoke at an event. And after that event happened over the weekend, I went home, and I was resting, and I hear my doorbell ring. I'm all the way at the top of my, my house, and I run all the way down the steps, and I get to the door, and I open the door, and there's somebody delivering this most beautiful bouquet of flowers. And the guy with the flowers says, is Stephanie Hopkins here? That's my wife's name. I said, you have the right house. She's not here. And he's like, can you sign for her? I said, sure. So I signed it. And I'm like, man, these flowers are so beautiful. I did such a good job ordering amazing flowers for my wife. And then I realized I didn't order flowers for my wife. Who ordered flowers for my wife, right? So I take these, right? Look at you. I take these beautiful flowers. Like, who ordered? I'm going to read this note. Who did this? And I opened it, and it was the people who I spoke at the event. They was like, well, we want to thank your wife for allowing you to be here with us. And they sent her these beautiful flowers. So I was like, okay, okay. Next time I need to make sure I'm the one who ordered flowers because it's a good gesture, right? But I realized in that moment that in order for me to receive this gift, even though it was for my wife, someone had to sign for it and say, you are sending it to the correct person. You have sent it to the correct address. And the name for which is intended is the name for which I'm going to sign for saying the recipient has received the gift. I'm saying that because if the Spirit came upon Jesus and stuck and it did it so that it would anoint him to be able to go to the poor, to be able to go to the brokenhearted, to be able to go to the captive, to be able to go to the imprisoned, to be able to go to the mourning and to the grieving. And he was sent to those people. In order for us to receive it, it is important that we say, I am of those people. Jesus, you have come. You have come to bring this gift of hope to the brokenhearted. It is important for us to sign and say the person that it was for, it includes me, Lord Jesus I want it. I'm ready. The gift has found the correct recipient. I'm sharing this because I know for sure in the room this full, there's at least one, if not many, many more, who have come this weekend putting on their best face for everyone to see, to know that you are the best follower of Christ because your life is intact. And I want to encourage you that Christ has said, I am coming to the brokenhearted. And if you are brokenhearted, it is okay because Christ has come to meet you in that mess. I'm saying this so that if you have this image that you're putting up and you're exhausted of carrying it, that maybe this is a weekend where you can realize I can put it down because if Christ is knocking at my door and he has a gift for me and he says, this is for the captive, that you would say, Lord Jesus, yes, that's me. If he's knocking at your door, he's saying this is for the one who grieves, that you would say, Lord, yes, that's me. I'm saying this so that we can let down our facades and know that Christ is enough and powerful enough 
to meet us exactly where we are. And even more powerful enough to not just leave us there. We're going to talk more about this reality and some of these, the realities and the implications of what this means tonight. But I want to encourage you with this. I asked you last night at the end of my message, I asked, are you ready? And you said what? Okay, let me, let me try that again. I asked you last night, are you ready? And you said what? Yes! Okay, and I want you to hear this. You don't have to answer this, but think of it in your mind. Talk to it to your leaders. Are you ready to sign your name and say, Lord, that's me? I'm the brokenhearted. I'm the one broken. I'm the one lost. I'm the one who's sick in need of a healer. I'm the one captive in need of freedom. I'm the one who has ashes and in need of beauty. I am Lord. I sign my name. I am ready to receive what you have been sent to give. I want you to think about that. I want you to talk in your small groups with each other about that question. I want you to share honestly with your leaders if you are ready. I'm going to pray for us. I want to share this last thought with you. I usually like to say this all often with teenagers. I like to say, don't fake the funk. And what the funk is, is like if you, got the, if you get cool and you just got swag, you just have it, you don't have to act like you have it. Sometimes when you act like you have it, it's even worse because people look at you like, nah, man, that ain't swag, right? And I would say this, if, you're, if you have swag, if you're at the place where you really know who Christ is, it is okay to be weak. It is okay to be broken. Sometimes when you're on the stage like myself or the worship team, you think we all have it put together and you think we're all perfect. And then you say to yourself, if I can just be like Pastor George, then Jesus will love me a whole lot more. Well, let me tell you this. Every time I read these verses that I share with you, I thank the Lord that I can say this. I'm broken. I'm captive, and I grieve. Lord Jesus, here I am. There is no difference between you and I. This is true for me and your leaders. This is true for you and every single person on this stage. It's not because we're perfect. It's because we're broken, and we say to Lord Jesus, here I am. Sign my name that I may receive the gift that you have sent to me. So I want to encourage all of you today, be courageously honest and be ready to receive. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that the Spirit stuck on Jesus. We thank you that Jesus did not go to the perfect, to the the, the ones who could stand in their own righteousness. We thank you for that because none of us could. We thank you that you went to the hard places of our hearts, we thank you that you went to the poor and to the brokenhearted and to those who grieve and mourn and those who are captive, that we would experience something different. We ask for courageous honesty this morning. That we would say with our hands, Lord Jesus, I am the recipient. That we would sign our names and say, it is me, that we would receive the gift of hope. So as we enter this time of worship to praise you, may we do it with holding nothing back, with keeping no facade, with keeping no mask over our face, over our hearts, because we know that you already see us. You already know us. You already love us. 
So Lord Jesus, we ask that you meet us where we are. But please don't leave us there. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.